And Father, we want to pray for our upcoming missions conference and uh, pray for the missionaries that will be sharing from their heart. Lord, I pray that uh, as they share, as Brother Dave mentioned to uh, tonight, Father, that our burden might grow greater, Father, and we might have a better view and understanding of worldwide missions and understand that it's not just us. Board is not just the United States, Lord, but uh, all over the world, your church is being persecuted. But Lord, through that, you are bringing great glory and honor to your name, and many are being saved. So continue to protect those in harm's way, Father. And now, uh, Lord, we come to thy word. We do ask, Lord, once again, that you might open our eyes that we might see. We pray all this in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. If you'll take your Bibles, let's turn together to the book of Esther, and uh, we come to chapter 8. We arrive at chapter 8 here this evening, and this, again, this amazing story, uh, though God's name is not written in it, yet His name is written through it. Let's put it that way. How wonderful to see the sovereignty of God at work throughout the story of Esther and how God protected his children, the children of Israel who were exiles here now in Persia. And yet, uh, and even though many of them were sinning. See, many of the the Jews in in, uh, Persia at this time, they were again, worshiping other gods. Uh, Many of them didn't go back to the homeland, didn't go back to Israel when a decree was made that they could go back and rebuild the the, uh, Jerusalem, rebuild the city, and rebuild the temple. But many of them said, no, we're going to just stay in some of the comfort here and, uh, and then they got drawn into to the culture and the world, just like today. Uh, our church, many uh, will just be swayed by the world, and suddenly uh, the things of God are, are not important, and idols rise up. But here we have, uh, again, the account where Esther was made queen uh, by the sovereignty of God as the former queen uh, Vashti was removed, and King Ahasuerus then took Esther as his new queen. And of course, the quick review we know that uh, there was one man who the king had favored, an evil man named Haman. And the king had placed him in a position like only second in command to the king, practically. And he robed him in his, his royal robes. He gave him all kinds of land and property. And he gave him his ring as well. Signet ring. And that represented the king's authority. And so this man, Haman, of course, uh, being, in, being an Agagite, which was uh, in years past an enemy of the Jews, he still hated the Jews. And so uh, he, he wanted the Jews annihilated from the kingdom. And so he tricked the king into uh, making a decree that all Jews would, would die. 
So there was a point in time when they would be put to death all over the kingdom. So this decree went out. And of course, we read earlier that uh, Queen Esther's guardian, parental guardian, Mordecai, who was actually her cousin, but had, to, had raised her as an orphan girl, uh, he was the one that had told Esther, don't tell the king that you're a Jew. Just, uh, we need to keep that quiet to protect our people. This, was, this happened uh, before Haman started his, his evil plot. And then, then, of course, Haman had his eyes on Mordecai, and, and he marked him. He wanted him dead because the, the Mordecai had, uh, had thwarted a, an assassination plot that uh, two of the eunuchs in the palace were planning to kill the king. Mordecai was the guy that, that uh, came to the king, made it known through Esther that some these guys were trying to kill him. And so therefore, uh, Mordecai uh, uh, was, was elevated. Later on, he's elevated here. You're going to see what happens. But through all this, he got finally that decree. Mordecai read that decree that the Jews were going to be annihilated. He dressed in sackcloth and ashes, and he asked all the Jews to pray. And then Esther asked for a three-day fast as Mordecai asked Esther to go before the king and ask the king to uh, turn over this decree of killing her people. But then she would have to reveal who she was. We saw that this took place in the last chapter, chapter 7. And of course, uh, it was done when Haman was at a banquet that was prepared by Esther for just the king and Haman. And so they all got together there, and it was at that point, the second banquet, that here Queen Esther revealed Haman's devious plot and also revealed the, the truth about Mordecai. Yes, they were Jews. This was her guardian, but he was the one who had, had, had saved the king's life through revealing the plot to assassinate. And so the king was, uh, just as he was reading the book about this and he was told about this, he wondered, what has happened to this man who, who saved my life? And has anything been done for him? And uh, his servant said no. And so they, they, uh, they, he, the king said, we need to do something for this man. And so Mordecai uh, was brought before the king, and because of what Haman was going to do, the, the plot also to, uh, to kill all the Jews using the king, uh, finally, as the gallows were, were set up to, that, that Haman had built to, uh, to hang Mordecai, it was, it was at this point that suddenly... Things reversed, God reversed things so that evil was repaid, justice was served, as now Haman was taken out and hung on the very gallows uh, that he built for Mordecai. Look at verse 10 of chapter 7. Here's the end that we read last week. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, which he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. This was his anger towards Haman. And so Haman is now, God has removed this wicked man 
But here's the problem. And we're going to see this in this chapter now. That even though Haman, who originally had the decree made up for the king to sign to kill all the Jews, that decree was out there. And once the, the, the king wrote a decree, it could not be reversed. So even though Haman is gone, there is still that decree out there that the Jews must die. So now Esther has to plead for her people. She revealed the evil, uh, evilness of Haman, the goodness of Mordecai, but now she has to plead for her people. So let's begin. Look with me at verse 1. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had, has, had disclosed what he was to her. So the cat's out of the bag. She's a Jew. He's a Jew. Now the king finds this out. But notice it says, on that day after Haman was hanged, all, it says, then the king gave the house of Haman to Queen Esther. And so, uh, <clears throat> give him a house. Now, it wasn't when we read the house of Haman. We're not just talking about the house he lived in. But, but that refers to everything that this man owned. Property, land, you name it. It was now transferred over to Queen Esther. And we compare that same statement to when we read about the house of David. The house of David, that doesn't talk about justice, but it talks about his, uh, his authority, his family, his, uh, his land, and the house of David. It, it represents who he is and all that he has. And so now Queen Esther receives all this property. <clears throat> Look at verse 2. And this is where I want to spend most of our time right now, tonight, because there's a lot in this, this whole chapter, but this, it's, it's this second verse that really struck me. And the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken away from Haman, and he gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Now, this verse is tucked away in here. It's easy to just read it and go on. But I couldn't just go on because there's so much truth in just this verse and how we can apply it to our lives as as children of God, as followers of Jesus Christ. First of all, what did the king do? He took off his signet ring which he had taken away from Haman. Do you remember we read about it, that when he exalted Haman, one of the first things the king did was he took off his signet ring, off his hand, and he placed it on Haman's hand. Now, signet ring, uh, the Hebrew word for it is tabath, tabath for signet ring. And the word tabath comes from the root word tabah, which means, the word means down or sink. 
down or sink. And what that is referring to is, as many of you know, those of you who've studied history, that a king or someone of royalty, they would have a ring and they would have a seal on their ring. And that seal is what, what represented the king's authority. And so when a document was brought before him, uh, instead of a signature, all the king had to do was take his, he would take his signet ring and he would press it down into the clay or to, into the wax and make a deep mark of, of, of the emblem that was on his ring that represented him. And so anybody that saw that mark, and then, it, then once the clay or wax hardened, that, that's the, the, the image of that seal was there permanently. So anybody that could see a document that was folded, but it had this seal on it with the king's uh, mark, his seal, in the clay, everybody knew, whoa, this this, uh, this decree came from the king himself. Nobody dare open it unless the king says to open it. And it, it revealed his authority. And anybody who had the signet ring of the king represented the king wherever he went. And that was the privilege Haman had when he was given the signet ring. Wherever he went, Whenever he would use the king's signet ring, he used it in his name. And he would mark something. And he could do whatever he wanted to do on his own. He was able to mark that decree to kill the Jews with the signet ring. And yet, uh, and, and nothing could change that, that decree. But the signet ring, I find it so fascinating uh, when we consider what a signet ring is and how it can relate to us. Turn to Genesis chapter 41. Let's go to Genesis 41 together. And back here in the story of Joseph, Genesis 41, verse 42. And this is the first mention of a signet ring in the scriptures verse 22 uh, verse 42 of genesis 41 then pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and he put it on joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace around his neck and he made him ride in his second chariot and they proclaimed before him Bow the knee. In other words, everybody had to bow to Joseph just like they would the king. He now has the king's signet ring. And he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Joseph, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Do you see the power of the signet ring? That as Pharaoh gave it to Joseph, he basically said, carte blanche, you are going to represent me. And wherever you go, what you say stands because you are representing me because you have my ring. And therefore, 
what you say goes. And everybody will know because you're wearing that ring that you belong to me. And I have placed you in a place of authority, a place, a, a high position. And uh, this, this then ta- takes us to another passage I'd like to look at. And that is Haggai. Okay? So doing a little flipping around with me, if you if don't mind. Uh, Haggai chapter 2. Okay, Haggai, chapter 2. If you're looking for it, it's near the end of the Old Testament there, one of the last books. Haggai 2, verses 20 and to 23. Uh, and little background here, this is during the exile, the, the Jews had been sent back to the land and they were sent back to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And the man put in charge of of rebuilding Jerusalem was a man by the name of Zerubbabel. He was placed there as governor of Jerusalem, okay, and governor of, of, of the area and Zerubbabel uh, is we we now are going to see God speak to the prophet Haggai concerning the governor Zerubbabel, who was trying to rebuild the holy city. Verse twenty. Then the word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the twenty twenty fourth day of the month, saying, "Speak to Zerubbabel." governor of Judah, saying, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms and destroy the power of the kingdoms of the nations. And I will overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders will go down, everyone by the sword, everyone by the sword. Is this going to take place? Well, this is... uh, uh, prophetic. This concerns the, uh, when the Messiah will come, and he will return when he conquers all the nations, puts every enemy under his feet. He conquers the, the, the kingdoms and nations, and then the Messiah will rule, as we know, Jesus Christ will rule for a thousand years on the earth. So he's speaking of, of a future distant uh, overthrow that, uh, that will be done. That God is going to do. Okay, and now verse 23. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, my servant, declares the Lord. And I will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. This little verse tucked back here has really uh, been a blessing to me, and uh, and I, I've just taken w- this and tried to personalize it, and and see, uh, Lord, uh, how do I relate to this? How does the believer relate to this? God chose this man, Zerubbabel, 
that he was going to, in that day, when, when, the, when, when Jesus would return and he would overthrow all the kingdoms, and there would be another kingdom, uh, the, the Christ, Christ kingdom of righteousness, God was going to take Zerubbabel, who, of course, we know will be resurrected, just like David. If you recall that uh, God spoke of David through some of the prophets, that David would be reigning again in Israel as the prince, uh, and, it would, and that was a prophetic statement of, of David being raised from the dead and once again reigning in Israel during the millennial kingdom. And of course, we know that you and I will be reigning in the millennial kingdom with Christ. But here, God tells the prophet, go to Zerubbabel, the governor, special man, he belongs to me, and tell him, I am going to take him and I will use him. Now he's using him in the present, but also in the future. I will take him and I will make you, Zerubbabel, as my servant, like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. And what struck me is he, God is calling this man. And by the way, Zerubbabel was of the house of David. He came through, notice he's the governor of Judah, but he's of the tribe of Judah. And so he's a descendant of David. And so God is going to use him, of course, but he calls him my signet ring whom I have chosen. And when I thought of that, I thought, Lord, that's really what I am. That's really what we are all as the church, as the bride of Christ. We have been chosen by the Lord to be, as it were, his signet ring. And again, what did the signet ring do? In in the story of Esther, Mordecai now wore that. He wore the ring that Haman used to wear. And so he could represent the king. So wherever he went, when that mark that was made in a seal, it was sealed. Uh, It was as, as if though Haman or Mordecai is using it, it's as if the king was doing it himself, pressing it down to make that mark. And you and I are much like a signet ring, just like God called Zerubbabel. That God wants to use you and me, and I know uh, we are getting older, we're getting up in age, and, you know, the time passes, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, Lord, I, there's not much more I can do. You, you know, I, I've served you. But yet, all the days of your life, I believe God looks on us like his signet ring. And he will continue to use us to make a mark in this world among, this, uh, among the wickedness here and make a mark for Jesus Christ so that people see us as we would be a symbolically God's signet ring. Jesus, the signet ring of the Lord Jesus Christ, we represent our Lord and Savior. And so when people look at us, they should be able to look at our lives and say, wow, I know who he stands for. I know who he represents. And we should be representing Jesus Christ in every area of our life before the world. And let the world know that that we belong to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that 
that then takes us to a, a few uh, passages, other passages in the New Testament. So turn to Matthew chapter 10. Let's go over to Matthew 10 together. And here Jesus, Matthew 10 verse 1, Jesus is about to send his disciples out to minister. Okay, so here we are, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. But look at what is written. Matthew writes, And having summoned his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. What was Jesus doing here? He was basically telling his disciples, you are going to be my signet ring. And you are going to go out to the world, and I'm going to give you the authority. There's the key word, authority. I'm going to give you the authority to go out there and represent my name. And so the Lord Jesus gave them the authority, the power to do what Jesus can do. And that is what? To cast out evil spirits. To have the power to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And they did it in the name of Jesus, didn't they? They did it in the name of Jesus. And here is a beautiful picture of the disciples, as it were, being Christ's signet rings to go out and make the mark. And they had the authority of the king to go make that mark and had the power to do what Jesus would do, doing it in his name. And so it is for you and I. Oh, we don't go out and, and, and like the, these early disciples did and, and suddenly we can go around and just touch people and they're healed and cast out demons and all that. But we have been called, we have been chosen by our Lord Jesus Christ to represent him and to leave a mark here in this world. Because you and I, we're, we're going to vanish. We're just a, a, a vapor here. And, it, you know, sometimes we think, oh, wow, I'm building, uh, I'm doing all this and, and everything, and we don't realize that, that li- this life is so short and until you start losing loved ones until you start losing those who are close to you and suddenly you lose things, you lose um, your, your own health, then you start realizing how short life is. But during this time, what does the Lord want us to do? He wants us to be his signet ring. Now turn with me then to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So go over to 2 Corinthians with me chapter 2. And look what Paul has to say. I love this passage of scripture here. 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14 through 17. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth, but thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ. And here it is. And manifests through us us signet rings, through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him, Jesus, in every place. Verse 15, for we are a fragrance of who? Christ. 
to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma from death to death and to the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? We are not like many peddling the word of God. Paul speaking of himself and 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 those who are part of, of the ministry team. But as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. But there it is. Paul, Paul makes it, paints a, a different kind of a picture. He says, we are to be a sweet aroma, a fragrance of Christ to the world out there. And that's the same as being a signet ring making a mark. How many of you have ever gotten into an elevator and... Uh, Suddenly, you were practically knocked over by a lady's perfume. Yeah, now, I know the ladies, you know, you love your perfumes. And some of them are so, uh, so beautiful. The fragrance is wonderful. But then sometimes, uh, you know, there are certain ladies that will really pour it on. And so sometimes you get into a small, confined place like an elevator, and there's someone who just used the whole bottle that morning, and now they're standing in the elevator, and, and you're practically going to, whoa. In fact, you walk around the rest of the day, and you smell like it, like you put it on. You know, but it leaves an impression. It leaves, uh, when, when they leave, it, you know, that person leaves the elevator, the fragrance is still there. The Lord Jesus has called us to be his fragrance. For he lives inside of us. He lives inside you and me. He indwells us through his spirit. And he wants to, as Paul said it, that Christ may be manifested in my body. Which means, how do I allow Christ to be manifested in my body? It's allowing Christ to be seen in me through the way I live, through the way I act, through the way I think, the words that come out of my mouth, my attitudes, and everything, all those things. When, when I am around others, whether they be saved or unsaved people, I'm going to leave some kind of an aroma. But if I am walking in the Spirit and seeking to live for Christ, to exalt Him, and to bring others to the Lord Jesus Christ, I must be His signet ring, or I must be His fragrance, so that when I go somewhere and I, 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 someone sees me, I get to talk to them, I get to share Christ, or just by my actions of love, the love of Christ for the brethren, for one another, something wonderful happens. We have an impact on the world. We bring people to Christ because they see Christ in us. They smell the aroma of Christ in our lives. And we are, as it were, a signet ring for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to ask myself, Lord, how much of a signet ring am I for you? Am I just a dusty one that's kind of been put in a drawer and, and nobody really knows that, that, that I belong to you? One last passage, please turn to, then we'll go back to Esther. But Ephesians chapter 1. If you go to Ephesians, look what Paul writes in Ephesians 1, verse 3, beginning of verse 3. Ephesians 1, we'll pick it up at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us, there it is, 
He chose Zerubbabel to be a signet ring. He's chosen us. In him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and blameless before him. There it is. That's the signet ring you and I need to be. Living before the world, a holy life and blameless life. In love, he predestined us to, ado- to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to represent him to himself according to the kind intention of his will. We've been adopted as sons. See, the son would receive a signet ring from his father if in, in, in the uh, royal family. Verse 6, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, in Christ, with a view to an administration suitable for the fullness of the times that is the summing up of all things in christ things in the heavens and things upon the earth and look at this in him also we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose god's glorious purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end that we who were first to hope in Christ should be to the what? Praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were what? Sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. Dear Christian, you and I were sealed by the Holy Spirit. There is God's signet ring. As he gave us the Holy Spirit to seal us into the family of God. And therefore we have the authority of Christ. That We can walk in the authority of Christ. And we can walk in victory, in his victory, through his power. And leave a mark in the world. As God was going to use Zerubbabel. And so this, I pray that this is what we would take home with us tonight. Lord, you have chosen me. Help me to, to have a mindset that I am your signet ring. And wherever I go, you want me to make the mark. Where people can see the mark I leave and they will see your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may that be said of each and every one of us. Let's go back then, if you would, to Esther. And we're just going to read the rest of the verses together because of time here. But this, that was, I think this was such a crucial thing to, to grasp in verse 2. Verse 3. Let's pick it up at verse 3 of Esther chapter 8. Then Esther spoke again to the king fell at his feet, wept, and implored him to avert the evil scheme of Haman, the Agagite, and his plot which he had devised against the Jews. And the king extended the golden scepter to Esther. So the king arose, I'm sorry, so Esther stood and arose before the king. Do you remember that being done before? Where Esther 
showed up in the king's presence. Remember, nobody was allowed to come before the king without them being summoned to the king, even a queen. They, could, they normally would be put to death because of it. But she took a chance. Again, she was laying down her, willing to lay down her life if the king was going to say, how dare you come before my presence without me summoning you? But here she, she went before him, and what did he do? He extended the golden scepter as he did once before when he saw Esther come before him, which meant he gives her his favor to come before him. And so she stood before the king, verse 5. Then she said... If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor before him, and the matter seems proper to the king, and I am pleased in his sight, let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Habadatha, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to cease the calamity which shall befall my people? And how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? So she laid it all out. She's asking the king to spare the Jews, her her people. Verse 7, what's the king going to do? So King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given the house of Haman to Esther. And him they have hanged on the gallows because he has stretched out his hand against the Jews. Now, you write, verse 8, you write to the Jews as you see fit in the king's name and seal it, there, here it is, with the king's signet ring. Now, Mordecai had that ring. For a decree which is written in the name of the king and sealed with the name, uh, sealed with the king's signet ring, uh, that it may not be revoked. You see what the king is doing? King says, I sent a decree out there, so I'm not going to write a new decree because an, uh, an old decree could not be overturned, even by the king. And so what did he do? He said, well, Esther, you and Mordecai, you go write the letter. But you're going to be writing it in my place. And you're going to represent me. You're going to write that letter in your own words and send it out to the provinces so that people will see that uh, and and will read what this, this, uh, this decree is going to say. But then he says, and you're going to seal it with Mordecai with my ring that I gave you. You're going to be my signet ring, and you're going to mark it. And so by this, there is going to be another decree sent out which would annul or revoke the previous one. And let's go on now, verse 9. So the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month, that is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, the satraps, the governors, and the princes of the provinces, which extended from India to Ethiopia, provinces to every, uh, Ethiopia provinces, to every province according to its script, to every people according to their language, as well as to the Jews according to their script and their language. And he wrote it, verse 10, in the name of King Ahasuerus. And he sealed it with the king's signet ring. And he sent letters by couriers on horses riding on steeds 
sired by the royal stud, in them the king granted the Jews who were in each and every city. Here's what the decree said. They had the right to assemble and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, to annihilate the entire army of any people or province which might attack them, including children and women, and to plunder their spoil on one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, the 13th day of the 12th month, that is the the month Adar. Here was the decree, and it was sealed with the king's seal, but who wrote it? Mordecai. And so he was being used by the king, and it was that mark of the signet ring that went out, and everybody who saw it said, that comes from the king. You and I, we have been sent by the king of kings, and we are to leave a mark in this world for him, that the world may see that we represent Christ in everything we say and do. Verse 13, a copy of the edict to be issued as law in each and every province was published to all the people so that the Jews should be ready for this day to avenge themselves on their enemies. Notice the first decree to kill all the Jews was not removed because the king couldn't do that. That was still out there. But there was this new decree that the Jews were allowed to fight for themselves and defend themselves. And, and so that kind of stopped anyone from raising a hand against the Jews. The couriers, verse 14, hastened and impelled by the king's command went out riding on the royal steeds and the decree was given out in Susa, the capital. Then Mordecai, so it's, it's done. The word is out. The Jews can live. Don't touch a Jew. Look what happens. Verse 15. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a large crown of gold and garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. Look at this. He's wearing the same kind of clothes that Haman used to wear. But God raised up his, his own. And he said, now I'm going to crown you and you are going to represent me and you are, you are going to represent my people. And so Mordecai now has, has this great position. And so what happened? Verse 16, for the Jews, there was light and gladness and joy and honor. And each and every province and in each and every city, wherever the king's commandment and his decree arrived, there was gladness and joy for the Jews. A feast, a holiday, and many, other, uh, many among the peoples of the land became Jews. For the dread of the Jews had fallen on them. Do you see? Look at the, what has happened. Suddenly, things turned upside down, all because of the king's signet ring being used by Mordecai. He was given the authority. And what happened? Joy and gladness filled the land in the Jewish heart. And so it is, my friends, that you and I, we're under the threat of Satan, our, the enemy of God. And we're under the threat of the world around us who hates God, hates our Lord Jesus Christ. And they want to kill us. They want to annihilate us, the believer, the Christian, the church. But there is coming a day. There is coming a day when Jesus is going to return. Our king is going to return. Can you imagine when he returns and he defeats the enemy? And then he exalts you and me. And according to Revelation 
we are going to be given crowns. Throughout the New Testament, Paul talks about crowns that we are going to be given as rewards from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we are then going to reign with Christ. And oh, what the joy and gladness is going to be in the kingdom of our Savior. Oh, that we might be willing to be counted for Christ in the days ahead until he comes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have chosen us before the foundation of the world. And Father, I pray that we might leave here seeking to leave the mark of Christ wherever we go, that we might be your signet rings. And Lord, the world may see that we don't belong to ourselves or any other king, any other kingdom, but Christ alone. And Father, I pray that others may come to Christ because of the mark we leave. May you receive all the glory and honor as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.